Welcome to Wokipedia Radio. Wokipedia Radio is sponsored by Equipping the Persecuted. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Equipping the Persecuted fully embodies this verse as they aid to equip some of the most precious of the household of faith in Nigeria. They give physical aid, spiritual training, set up alarm towers to alert of dangerous invasions, build schools and orphanages in Nigeria. If there is a need for persecuted Christians in Nigeria, equipping the persecuted meets it. You can partner with this worthwhile mission and find out more at equippingthepersecuted.org. Again, equippingthepersecuted.org. I'm your host, Kyle, and today in this episode of Wikipedia Radio, we're going to be having a little bit of a more informal conversation about just kind of the, the state of things, particularly in light of the Senate passing the disrespect for Marriage Act. And there's been some interesting responses, to say the least. It seems that the Christian world has... Well, let's just say that Christianity as a whole in this country is failing another test. Now, the question is, are those real Christians that are predominantly failing or people just claiming the name of Christ yet do not know him? I'm not going to make that distinction for the moment because we just need to look at things. Uh, we need to expose who the enemies are and then parse out exactly are they just a confused believer or are they an actual false teacher? But again, first we need to talk about who the enemies are and what they're saying. I mean, that that's what enemies within the church, that's what it does. And Wikipedia is a part of enemies within the church. And if you haven't seen the film Enemies Within the Church, well, go to enemieswithinthechurch.com and watch it today. Now, I want to, before we really dive in, double down on recommending Equipping the Persecuted. Yes, I know we're already a couple minutes in and we haven't got to any meat, but they have been doing phenomenal work. We've highlighted that over and over again here on Wikipedia Radio, but they are really doing phenomenal work. And one of the big things is they're actually doing the work. A lot of mission organizations, you really need to dive in and confirm that they're actually doing what they're claiming to do with the money. Equipping the Persecuted really does. There's been several attacks in Nigeria recently, and they were immediately raising funds to take care of needs, to get medical attention to people, uh, to really take care of people. It is phenomenal what they do. And I mean, they're not one of these multi-million dollar missions organizations. They're doing it for a very, very conservative budget. They are making every dollar really stretch over there. So please consider going to equippingthepersecuted.org and donating to this worthwhile mission. Uh, so again, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Disrespect for Marriage Act, or as they, they call it, the Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, it does not respect marriage, obviously. Uh, trying to enshrine gay marriage 
is not respecting marriage. We have a book. We have the Bible. We have God's word. And this book, it matters. What it says matters. It, they are the very words of God. And when God has defined something, we don't get to redefine it. It is fixed. It is absolute. Doesn't matter what man says. It matters what God says. Now, many Christians are trying to come to terms with this. How do we think about this? How do we think uh, about the act itself or the, uh, the whole concept of gay marriage? How do we approach these, these topics in 2022? And in the more conservative, at least the people that claim to be conservative world, there's been a lot of support for the the act, for the legislation. Um, some people are supporting it for, well, it, it protects, you know, what's the harm because it protects religious freedom, right? Well, we're not going to get into the details of the actual legislation, but it really doesn't protect religious freedom. I'm sorry, but you can't have a promotion of something that is in direct contrast to, well, in this case, to the church. It's going to clash. After 2015, we saw people getting arrested simply for refusing to bake cakes. Do you think that they're actually protecting churches? I'm sorry, but that's not the case. But some, some people go naively because, oh, well, religious freedom. Other people try and go, well, it doesn't matter what the government does. This, this act is fine because we live in a secular, pluralistic society. So it's okay that the government does something like this because it's the it's not them that defines marriage. It's God that defines marriage. So we can still get it right in the church, and we shouldn't expect the government to get it right. Well, that's a ridiculous, nonsensical uh, position to take because it's going it, it destroys sin destroys society, not just gay marriage. Any sin destroys a society. But the more sin is legalized, the more it is encouraged. Again, they're talking about trying to enshrine gay marriage to uh, actually legalize it because. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court doesn't have broad authority to legalize things, to legislate things. Uh, they make decisions based on the law. Now, again, you, a lawyer friend of mine corrected me a little bit on this. In a technical sense, their decision is legal. It is law. In the common sense, when we talk about law, we're talking about legislation. They do not legislate. They are not the the legislative uh, branch. They're not Congress. Uh, I just had to appease him with, with that. And I'm sure he's still going to, he want to correct things. Maybe we'll even have him on at some point just to uh, harass me a little bit. But I, uh, 
it's it's hard to respond to some of these things. It's not hard. Now, it's not hard to respond to them in general. It's hard to respond to them when they're coming from people who claim to be conservative Christians. I am a conservative Orthodox Christian, yet I don't see the harm in the government promoting sin. I can't square that in my mind. How, how do you respond to that? I, I mean, you can point to the Bible. You can point to God's Word. You can point to uh, Romans, the beginning of Romans, and it paints a picture of the degradation, the death of a society. Uh, you can look at the definitions of marriage. You can look at the point of human government. You can look at all these things, and they're they're very blatant and obvious. And if you're someone who, again, claims to be a conservative, orthodox, biblical Christian, you should be able to just point at the obvious things and have them go, yeah, that's right. But at this point, they don't. They go, oh, no, 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 it's okay. Again, the government, we live in this pluralistic society, and in that, it's it's actually a good thing to do something like this because uh, it's protecting everyone's freedom, and when there's the maximal freedom, trademark, uh, when there's maximal freedom, then that's when the gospel will actually really spread. Okay, just, just at a cursory historical glance, that's not the case. When people have maximal freedom when they're truly just unrestricted in what they can do, where do they go? They choose sin. When I was younger, I, not in a questioning sort of way, but I didn't understand what is the necessity of great vast portions of the Bible? Couldn't God have just given us the gospel? Wouldn't that have been enough? at least enough to to get us to, you know, come to the gospel, get us to come to repentance. But the picture that, well, I mean, obviously, the whole Bible points to the gospel. The whole Bible points to the work of Christ. Uh, the Old Testament is a gigantic arrow pointing to Christ. The New Testament, after uh, the four gospel accounts, is a giant arrow pointing back to the work of Christ. But there's so many weaved in that. God gave us so many good things so we can know his character, so we can know uh, morality. We can understand the human condition. We can understand our need. We can understand how we got here and what God is doing, how God is working in the world to bring about salvation and even provide evidence for truth for his gospel by through prophecy um but when you get the chance to look through the accounts again looking at the the old testament you get this in the new testament as well but you get to see history you get to see the development of nations. You get to see the rebellion, and you see very clearly over and over, beyond just God overtly uh, talking about discussing it. I mean, look at Israel, God's chosen nation. They have every advantage that you could possibly have, yet they still constantly 
constantly pursued sin. As the Bible puts it, they whored after other gods. And uh, that's a beautiful... Go study the, the story of Samson. If you, if you never looked at it and never made this connection before or had someone make this connection for you, it's a story of Israel. Samson is the last judge in the book of Judges because he is the judge that Israel deserved because he is a picture of them. Israel, as the, again, as, as God puts it, they whore after other gods. Samson chased after other chased after foreign women. Foreign women were also analogous to uh, foreign gods in uh, some of the descriptions that God gave of Israel's rebellion as well. Uh, again, his whole life is just a picture of the rebellion of Israel. Read that, and you <laughs> it's very interesting. It also shows just some of the beautiful patterns of things and the, the redemptive nature of God and explains a lot about the story of Samson. Again, also a child of promise born under special covenant and purpose, uh, yet rebels against that, breaks everything in regards to, to that special covenant. Again, beautiful picture of Israel, a, a mockery of Israel, but the mockery that they needed to see. And again, Israel, every advantage, yet sins, over and over again, sin, 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 rebelling against God. They know God. They have the tabernacle, later the temple. They are the, the place where God's presence dwells on earth. They have the prophets. They have the law of God. They have every advantage. Yet again, sin over and over again. Yet you think that maximizing the ability to sin, which again, that's what they mean by, by freedom. They don't mean true freedom. They mean unlimited agency. I love this. I don't remember exactly uh, where I heard it, but I love this analogy. Freedom requires definition to actually be freedom. The freedom we have in Christ, we know it's not freedom to sin. It's freedom to obey. And yes, we technically have the, the freedom to go. You could go sin. You are not physically restrained from that. But that does not mean it's good. God gave us definitions of what is good and what is bad what is right and what is wrong. Those definitions are a fence, and it's within that fence that we have freedom. We have true freedom. We can act because we know the boundaries, the definitions of things. We can move because we know where the walls are. It's, you know, if you blindfolded someone and put them in a gigantic open space, what are they going to be doing? They're going to be feeling around with their hands out, looking for a wall, a point of reference. Yet if you have that wall, that point of reference, you suddenly have greater confidence to be able to move around. Or if you somehow had, you know, give them, give them essentially sonar and they know where the walls are, suddenly they're going to put their hands down 
and they're going to walk much more normally. The definitions help us understand. But the analogy, yeah, like I said all that and didn't even say what the analogy was, but the analogy is free again, freedom thrives with definition. If I have a house with a yard and it butts up to the highway, my kids aren't going to be allowed to go out in the backyard and just play. I'm going to have to be, you know, immediately right there to prevent them from going into the highway. Yet if there's a fence around there, there's a definition to it. Suddenly, they can go out and play. They have much they have the freedom to go out and play. Obviously, this is a scary world. I'm not just going to leave them unattended. Don't don't go too far into analogy. Every analogy starts to fall apart if you dig too deep. But that's the point. Now, what they're so what they're arguing for, what some of these people are arguing for, is not freedom. They're arguing for licentiousness, the ability to sin. And unfortunately, when you give people the ability to sin, what do they choose? Do they choose Christ or do they choose sin? Well, which path is the broad one? It's the one that leads to hell. So unfortunately, the vast majority of people are going to pursue sin. That is the reality of the fallen state of humanity. And we're not doing Christianity any service by providing the opportunity for people to sin. Now, if you restrict their ability to sin just like it's it's no one would argue that it's right and just and moral to restrict the ability to murder well i guess abortionists uh they argue that it's uh immoral to restrict that but no one's going to to really argue oh yeah it, it's it's shouldn't be illegal to murder someone Well, that's a moral thing. Why do we know it's wrong? Ultimately, it's because it's, it is wrong. And not based on man, but based on a actual absolute God's perfect law. So when it comes to something like homosexuality, you can't stop someone from committing homosexual acts. You can't police their thoughts either. An individual is going to sin. But enshrining that into law is promotion. That's one thing that, that people aren't addressing. When you enshrine that, you're promoting that. When a country starts openly promoting sin, what happens? They promote more and more sin. That's why we're at the position that we're at. That's why we have Drake drag queen story hours. So Christianity does need to stand up and go, no. Why is this wrong? Well, it violates God's God's law. Oh, well, why that? You, you bigots, why is that? No, 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 no. You don't understand what, what, what I'm saying to you. What I'm saying is this is going to be harmful to you, and that's why it should be, it should not be allowed. Now, again, you have uh, supposedly, supposedly conservative 
Christians like David French, uh, if you haven't heard of him. Uh, he's, well, let's just say that French is fried. Um, but he's arguing for, he's, he's arguing basically the, the point I was just discussing about how it's okay because pluralistic secular society uh, and it, in the end, that's a good thing. And well, the church is separate. Again, if you haven't seen enemies within the church, it's pietism. It's the exact same pietistic attitude that allowed Christians in Germany, in Nazi Germany, to separate their faith from their politics and just sing louder while the trains of Jews rolled on by. Allowed them to sign up for the military. Allowed them to, you know, not question Hitler. They separated their faith from uh, actual application of it in society, in their their actual daily lives, interacting with uh, others. And again, this is what David French is doing. But another very bizarre one is the Gospel Coalition, a institution that loves to give bizarre takes on things. They had some truly insane takes when it came to Roe v. Wade being ended. But now, if you go on to enemieswithinthechurch.com, click on Wikipedia, you can see all of our articles. I'm sorry, they're, they're not the most amazingly laid out at the current moment. We're building a new website that'll be a lot clearer uh, very soon. In fact, by the time this radio episode releases, we may actually have that up or it might be coming out the following week. Uh, we're nailing that down right now. But we have profiles on enemies within the church. Uh who these enemies are, what they're teaching. Again, it's it's somewhat of a encyclopedia format, trying to be a little bit more of just present you the information. But we also have news updates as well to get a snapshot of things as they're happening. We put out a little news uh, article on, again, on this, this uh, Gospel Coalition article uh, by Joe Carter, which is titled, the, the his article, the Gospel Coalition one is simple solution to same-sex civil marriage. And ours is simply, uh, Joe Carter's simply bizarre solution to same-sex civil marriage. Now you can go ahead, read the whole article, see what's actually being said, and then go, you can read Joe's article as well. Uh, Sam, uh, Pastor Sam wrote the our little article and I'm a little bit disappointed because he didn't bring up the most insane point of Joe Carter's article, but it's fine because his point didn't require pointing out the nonsense. But this, it really exposes where we're at. And, and I know some of you listening to this may be asking some questions, trying to figure out how to exactly think about this. And what happens is Joe Carter starts out giving a lot of things correct. You know, we can't compromise on the definition of marriage. We can't give that up. 
uh, he he goes to a story of Abraham Lincoln, uh, where Abraham Lincoln Abraham Lincoln asked a crowd of people, "If you consider the tail on a dog to be a leg, how many legs does the dog have?" And the crowd says five. And Abraham Lincoln scolds the crowd, "No, just because you uh, call it a leg doesn't make it a leg." And it's the, the, the idea of things are fixed. You can't call a circle a square. You can't call two men a marriage. You can't call two women a marriage. You can't call uh, you know any, any of these other things marriage. It's defined. And unlike the world, the, the world that lives in a subjective state, it's objective. One plus one equals two. Marriage is just as solid as that. It's a fact that you cannot alter, even if they try and alter it. So he comes down strong. He even comes down against uh, David French's solution. But then he goes off the rails. And I'm going to mention it. He uses Ruth and Naomi as the example of, of what the solution is. And it's that we need to, rather than calling it marriage, we need to have broad civil unions. So any two, essentially any two people we need can enter into a civil union with one another for a specific purpose, such as caring for a uh, relative that needs attention uh, or to up to, two men deciding that they want to pretend to be married and do uh, corrupting things with one another. But, which is just a really bizarre. And to use a, such a beautiful story in the story of Ruth to argue for that is bizarre. But his point is, oh, well, if we just, essentially, we don't call it marriage. Well, I guess it's fine. Uh, if we make this civil union, a non-sexual thing, then it's fine. Well, hold the phone, buddy. That seems like it opens it up to a lot of really, really gross things. Also, you can't... When you're saying it's okay for two men to enter one of these and have it be equivalent to marriage in legal protections, and they can have they can have sex within it, uh, well, you didn't removed the sexual aspect from the union. You only removed it from the definition. But even in the the legal definition from everything I understand, I don't know any things in the legal definitions of marriage that make it explicitly sexual as well. You can have a marriage still be 100% legally married, again, by the legal statutes of things, and it not be sexual. So make it a bizarre distinction. But what he's missing is the the underlying issue, because the issue is not that they want to get married. The issue is the moral compromise that already exists. What they're doing is already immoral. What they're doing is already violating God's law and just saying, whoa, 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 we'll give you a space where you can you can violate God's law and we'll legally codify that. 
as long as you don't call it marriage. Well, I'm sorry, but you you just the only thing you didn't give up there was the name marriage. And this is truly insane. It's a truly insane take. But to to end it off, to end that discussion off, as an example, the road to legalizing gay marriage where I grew up went through civil unions. I grew up in Washington State. And I'm so glad to be out of there. If you live in Washington State, I don't care if you think you're going to take a pay cut if you move, move somewhere else. I do not regret leaving Washington. I'm in Idaho now. And the climate, the people is just amazingly, shockingly different. Idaho is not a perfect state either. Definitely a lot different than, than Washington. But that was the road that they went through to legalize gay marriage in Washington was to give more and more of these protections to these civil unions up to a bill that literally did what Joe Carter is arguing for. And it was called the everything but marriage. Uh, we can't, we can't give up guys. All Christians out there. I, I call on you. I plead with you. Don't, don't give up on these things. Don't compromise on this. Don't give in to these, these nonsensical rationalizations that people have. Stick to God's word, solely to God's word, that he might be glorified. Now, we'd love to hear from you here at Wikipedia. So email us, contact us at contactwikipedia at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know if this is helpful. Let us know what we could do to improve. And again, go to equippingthepersecuted.org. They are doing phenomenal work. You can really make a difference, a true difference in the lives of suffering Christians that are being legitimately persecuted, attacked, hacked up with machetes. I mean, that, that's, that's what they're doing, is going and taking care of people over the last couple of weeks after an attack. But God bless you, and remember... Don't go away.